Welcome to SEC Football Live. Uh, is this a happy holidays edition, Christmas edition, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, the Festivus for the rest of us, whatever it is you celebrate, SEC Football, welcome. That is SEC Mike. I am Braden Gall. You can get to me uh, on tw- at, at twitter.com at Braden Gall, of course. You can get to him, uh, SEC Mike, all over every platform across all podcasts and YouTube platforms as well. Head on over to the 440 Sports YouTube page. We're going to have a giant bowl preview for you, myself and Stephen Lassen, coming up uh, as well. So make sure you come on over. We're going to talk portal. We're going to talk recruiting, sort of like what is the right way to pay attention to recruiting, I think, is the is the conversation because the individual players don't matter. I do have a couple of stories I want to run by you and see if you remember from my days of working in the recruiting world which Michael I don't ever want to do again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's large. I just think it's irrelevant now. I mean, uh, it's not irrelevant. I'm, I've got I numbers. I think it's completely irrelevant. Oh, I love it. I love it. You're going full troll on, on a Christmas holiday week. Uh, I know I'm going to, I'm going to lay out the reasons why it is extremely relevant. It's sort of a follow-up to our conversation last week, Georgia with big news at the quarterback position, both positive and negative. You got Lane Kiffin in the portal as well. And we want to open it up to you guys. Uh, for questions today so if you guys have some stuff the back half of the show if you guys have some questions about particular teams next year particular position battles coaching trends whatever it may be uh please we're going to take some questions from you guys a little bit later on Uh, and missouri of course always have to start the show with all you great missouri fans uh obviously a couple of really big pickups in the portal for you guys so i think missouri is going to be in good shape next year as we talked last week on the show about contenders in 2024 for the playoff Ole miss and missouri after two 10-win seasons, right at the top of the list, Mike. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. How about these uh, Oklahoma fans all mad that Caden Green jumped ship doing well, what they've been doing to the rest of college football for 100 <laughs> years. Now Mizzou's doing it. Now there's there's an issue. Now we got fixed. This ain't We can't have this, yada, yada, yada. I, I am not here for that talk. I'm here for, for new teams to emerge. Uh, all's fair in love and recruiting, and I think we can just put Portal into that too. Like, all's fair in love and Portal. Um, I will say this. Didn't didn't he go to – didn't Green go to Lee Summit High School? Yes. Which I believe is a Missouri – generally considered sort of a Missouri school. I think Missouri was a second choice. So, I don't, right. I don't, know, I don't know what Oklahoma's upset about. Um, their, well, their the story is Oregon, he, so. he went to them and he said – Again, this is the story. This is not me making it up or, or me guessing or anything. They, I, I can't I can't think of the, the name of the show. I just stumbled upon it. It's really good. It's got Teddy Lehman. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Uh, line, linebacker for Oklahoma. Yeah. Linebacker. And then the the I think he's the radio call guy. So they have a Oklahoma show. And they said the story is he Green went to Oklahoma and said, gave him an astronomical number is how they kind of said it, like what he's not even worth. He said, if you pay this, I'll, I'll be here. And then they came back to him and said, well, hey, we, we got the money. He said, well, see ya. And then, <laughs> so the theory is Mizzou behind the scenes game that money. They, they don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. I don't care one way or another, but that's the story. And that's why they're all butthurt. And apparently he didn't really tell anybody. And then Brent Venables well, comes out and says, well, hell, we only want the players that want to be here. And I'm just like, uh, okay, good so luck, good well, luck coach, in the SEC with that attitude. Well, coaches have to do that. That's what they have to say. QC Hawk, by the way, good to see you, QC. All's fair in love and tampering. Absolutely, that's the case. Uh, Daniel says Daniel says this, uh, OK has a rude awakening in the SEC when one team offers a player money. First of all, Oklahoma's been cheating like this for decades. So don't tell <laughs> me that this is new to Oklahoma. Oklahoma knows exactly how 
to pay for players. The guy's in a Missouri kid. He wanted to be at Missouri, and it's a good pickup for Missouri. Again, I think that I, I, you cannot buy a championship caliber football team. We're going to get to that in a second because it, obviously signing day is this week and early signing day, the signing day, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I think what's interesting is is how we cover recruiting is that like I started in this career working at rivals.com and I started thinking that like every single individual player building up to the first Wednesday in February was like the most important thing in the world. Like, Oh, it's the most important thing in the world. Like we, we like this player's flipping and that player's flipping and this five-star flipped and that five-star flipped and what's going to happen. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I think what matters is the team rankings. I, I think if you're, I would ignore, it's like, um, don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. Like what matters is the team rankings and I'll challenge your theory last week on the show, which was that, Hey, maybe portal and NIL is going to allow more teams to compete for national championships. And while I hope that's true, uh, if you look at the teams that have made the playoff in the 10 years, uh, the teams that have won the national championship on average over the five previous seasons of recruiting have averaged the fourth best class, the first best class, the 12th best class, the first best class, the eighth best class, the fourth best class, the first class, the second best class, and the first class. One time in 10 years has a team recruited outside of the top 10 and won two games in the playoff. Only two times has it happened in 10 years outside of the top four to win the national championship, two games in the playoff. You have to be recruiting in the top four on average over five years. Those team rankings are what matters, not green or one player or this player or that player. What matters is your team rankings over time. And that is how you win the national championship. I don't know how moving to 12 teams will allow those other teams to, to win four games in a playoff or three games in a playoff. I still don't understand that. Well, I mean, that's all good and well, Braden, but college football has changed. There's NIL now. There's transfer portal. So I don't really care about the past 10 years or the past 20 years or the past 50 years or the past 100 years. This is a new era. And I, you were among them, and, and you're not alone here, so I'm not specifically calling you out. But I heard you say, well, what Giffen's doing, that's not sustainable. You can't just do this portal and, and remake your team and, and they're going to be any good. Well, Ole Miss got more wins than anybody in the SEC the last three years aside from Georgia and Alabama. Oh, and I would make the case that I Ole Miss, they are right there in the thick of a, a playoff and a national championship run if they get Walter Nolan with all the other pieces they've got and the guys they got coming back. So, again, we don't know. We don't know if this is sustainable. We don't know how NIL and Transfer Portal will impact a lot of this going to a 12th. There's just so many unknowns. So it doesn't really, none of that matters to me what would, happened would in the last you, 10 years. Well, but, 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 okay, let's use some logic here. If you're adding a, a playoff, a round of playoff games or two rounds of playoff games, it's going to make it harder to win. It's harder to win four games than it is to win two, right? Like, can we all yes. agree? Can we all agree on that? It's yes. harder to win four games, especially amongst the best 12 teams. It's harder to win four games than it is to win two. And none of these teams can win two right now. So I don't know how they're going to win four. That's my opinion. To your point, that's that's my opinion. I think it's backed up by pretty sound logic. But uh, to to your point about Ole Miss, I, it, it is amazing what he is what he's accomplishing. It's spectacular. Uh, I, I've heard stories about Juice Wells' commitment to the game. I, I don't I don't I I think he's there are going to be players that are like, man, uh, I'm taking the bag and I'm going and I that's all that matters. I'm taking the bag. I'm going to spend it. 
Uh, but I, you know, Walter Nolan, great. Okay. Tyler Barron, great. They go get an edge player from Florida. They go get a cornerback from Mississippi State. I, I'm not saying that you can't build a, a playoff team. I think you absolutely can. I think that's, that's, I'm not arguing with you on that. But would you acknowledge there's a difference between a playoff team and a national championship team now? Like that, you have to win four games. If you're going to be 10 and two, like Ole Miss, uncompetitive against the two teams that do recruit in the top five. Are, don't you don't you acknowledge the difference there between those two tiers of team? Like, aren't there like 45 teams that could make the playoff, but still only like three that could win the national championship or five maybe? Mm-hmm. And no, I don't think so. Because I, I wouldn't think Michigan could. I wouldn't think Washington could. I did, I did sure as hell didn't think Texas could, and they're all knocking at the door at, of it this year. So, and and, to, and again, I get what you're saying. You know, you got to recruit at an elite level. Well, it's not just Ole Miss and, and Missouri landing guys in the portal. It's all these. How many five stars have left Georgia this off season because they're yeah, not yeah. playing? You know, so list. Yeah. so a lot of these top classes now. If they're not making an impact, or for whatever reason, I don't know the reason for why 16 guys from Georgia, I'm, I'm sure it's probably 16 different reasons, but whatever the reasons are, you have to factor in those defections as well, and then all of a sudden, this number two overall roster is not number two, because, hell, they just lost 16 players. No, so, no, no, I, I agree, I agree, And but, but, but again, Alabama's been dealing with that pre-portal, pre-NIL, Alabama's been dealing with that forever. And it's why I don't think Washington can win the championship this year. Texas, by the way, if you look at their average recruiting ranking over the last five years, they're a top five team. They have recruited in the top five. So it's why they are capable of winning two games in the playoff and winning the national championship is because they've recruited good enough players and good enough depth. And John, you're right. John says, no, it's about talent. I completely agree. Doesn't matter if they recruited them out of high school or get them through the portal. I agree. But the old saying about junior college, I still think can hold a true to some extent there's a reason a guy goes juco right there's a reason a guy transfers there's a reason a guy isn't necessarily good enough to start at one particular team like again let's look at the the and again i don't care about the star rankings on individual players i want to be clear but georgia right now is the number one class alabama has the number three class they have a combined they, they have 20 georgia has 23 four and five star recruits in this class that they're signing on wednesday alabama has 17 ole miss has an, a, an incredible class, 11 four-star recruits, zero five-star recruits. That is half. That is half the talent. It's not that Ole Miss doesn't have a great team or isn't building a great team, and when you mix in some portal players, maybe that, that ranking goes up and their roster gets better. I agree with you. But the, the sheer collection of talent at the top of this sport, has not. it's never changing. It's never going to change. It is going to stay 2X. I, I mean – Texas has 19 four- and five-star players. Texas A&M has 13. Now, I know A&M's dealing with a different situation there. Kentucky has a top 25 class, and they have six. That's a th- that's one quarter of the amount of talent. My point is the, the drop-off from the top five down to the rest of the country is precipitous, and you cannot make that up with a few transfer portal players, I don't think. Well, we don't know because because we've not seen the the twelve team playoff, and I think we're just now seeing the impact of NIL and portal. The top ten, the, according to it's just one service rivals, but um, this stat keeps going around. The top ten players in the country, according to rivals, going to ten different schools. 
That's and cool. I, I think I like that's that. a direct impact of NIL and transfer portal and like things of that nature. So I, I, I think it's getting more diverse. I really do. I, I hope you're right. It also might just be the fact that uh, one of the quarterbacks in the top 10's dad went to Nebraska. Um, Bo says, um, come on, Braden. If you get in, there's always a chance Ole Miss is going to have a chance. I think in the NFL, that's absolutely true. You want to know why? Because talent is equal. By and large, everything in the NFL is equal. The talent is equal. Just get in. And if you get hot, you can you can you can win, especially if you got a great quarterback. What I'm what I'm curious about is when you have the best teams, and in this case, this year, this signing period, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, shockingly, collecting two and three times as many elite players as everyone else in the country, you cannot make up that gap in the portal. And oh, by the way, you're not only going to have to win two games in the playoff to win the national championship, you got to win four. I don't see how it's it's tougher. It's going to be tougher to win the national championship. It's easier to get in. I, I think we are tricking ourselves into allowing other teams into the playoff because I don't think, Bo, that you're right about this. I don't think that just getting in changes anything. I, I you know Look at the difference this year between Georgia and Ole Miss. Ole Miss would have gotten in this year. They were a 40-point. They got blown out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, now a lot of Georgia guys are injured, aren't they? I mean, I think it's a different ball game. Not in Athens, not at night. I don't know. Crazy things happen. Did I mean? I'm I think ups, to, I think upsets are going to happen. I'm old enough to remember. What was it? Uh, maybe I'm not old enough to remember. Didn't Florida State beat the shit out of Florida in like the last game of the year, and then they played in the in the national championship, like you know, and then Florida whooped their ass. You know was what I mean? Like like things happen. Was that the oh well of course was that the Danny Werfel to the Redell Anthony on the post pattern where he like stopped he went up and caught the pass and then like stopped I've I never seen re- I've I never seen remember. a player of, if for those in the comments if you're a Florida fan or a Florida State fan I'm pretty sure Werfel throws like a like a 15 18 yard like slant route or post route and Redell Anthony's running like full speed he goes up into the air catches the pass and comes down and stops <laughs> I've never seen anybody do it. And the defense goes flying by, and he turns around and he goes down the field. Y- your your point is valid. And we've Florida seen Georgia beat Bama, lo- lose to them in the SEC, win in the national championship. What, right, but what does Florida and Florida State at that time, and Alabama and Georgia, in your analogy, what do they have in common? They had the top five classes. They had the best rosters. They had all the five stars. You're making my point for me. Ole Miss <laughs> got the top portal class. <laughs> I think that's more important because I don't because I don't not, think it's not most important. of these Georgia Alabama guys that they're signing are going to com- compete on the field day one. Most of them, I I think it can get you into the playoff, and I think with great coaching, and I think Lane Kiffin's a great coach, and and, and I'm I hope we're not repeating too much what we did last week because we kind of did this last week. But I'm looking at these classes going. Georgia is signing 23 blue chippers. Alabama is signing 17 blue chippers at the time of this recording. Texas is signing 19 blue chippers. Building that direction in that way will still always be better than grabbing guys out of the portal with NIL money. Because you're using NIL money in recruiting too. It's not like Alabama and Texas and Oklahoma just ran out of money for recruits. Like they're paying those players. A&M, how do you think they get the number one class in the nation? We all know. NIL money. But it's still going to be better to have 25 five-stars and four-stars in your own system developed with your coaching staff and your strength and conditioning coach buying into your team. It's still going to be better it, it, uh, than, than a bunch of three-stars that, that transferred. 
It's it's never gonna you're not gonna win four games. That's my opinion. I think you're getting into the playoff a lot with the portal. I think you can get into the playoff a lot. And and I think we're tricking ourselves. Well, Braden, you can shit on everyone's dreams here, but I shall not do it. I think <laughs> I think it's a new era, new teams emerging, and you would have been damn crazy to say Mizzou's winning 10. Ole Miss gonna win 10 with that schedule. Everybody just looked at the schedule and said, by God, they ain't Wait. competing this year. You know what I mean? Like Crazy no, things happen. No, we all we all liked Ole Miss and Missouri in the top. Like we had Ole Miss in the top twenty-five this year in the preseason. So right, did, but we, did we have them winning ten much games? Different no, than but... t- only cousin Shane had them winning ten games. You know, yeah, I, that's fine. I'm just saying people liked Missouri and Ole Miss this preseason. W- did we like them this much? No, not as much as cousin Shane. Uh, no one's arguing that. No, all hail the goat. No, no question. No one can put back Coors Lights in one show like he can. Um, there's no question about it, but I, I still, even as much as this Missouri team is built for success and I like the way that it's been built sort of through recruiting. I, that's what I like about this Missouri team is that outside of Schrader, who was a huge part of their team is they've been developing these guys in house and sure they go get an offensive lineman from, from Oklahoma, or they go get a, you know, a running back from a division two school that happens to be one of the greatest stories of, of all time. I, I think there's tons of schools, Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> I think Carl's got you figured out, man. Sorry, Carl. Sorry, Carl. I just I, – I here. how about this? How about this? To stop shitting on people's dreams. <laughs> I hope that you're right, that, the, that, that the, the talent is dispersed across the country and across the conference more and that more teams have an opportunity to win games in the playoff. And I absolutely think Ole Miss can – or Missouri or fill in the blank – can pull an upset in in the in the one round, maybe a second round. We saw TCU pull the upset last year against Michigan. At that we've at, we've seen that in the fourteen playoff. I don't need to be convinced of that. I think it can happen. But I I, I hope you're right that that and you say you don't care about a hundred years of track record. But guess what's happened in a hundred years of football? He who has the talent has the championships, and I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's going to change. I don't know why. Why I don't know why that would change. So, you you cannot make up three times the amount of talent with a few portal additions. You can't. You can't do it. You can't because three times the talent leaves via the portal too. I I don't think any of those numbers you're citing cite any of that. All these guys jumping in the portal and leaving Alabama and Georgia and killing their depth. And then if one one or two critical, you think Georgia has depth problems? Yeah, well, Brock Bowers went down. There was no Brock Bowers when Lad McConkey got hurt. No, when uh, Dumas Johnson got hurt. Th- lost these all are those the, games, huh? The only one that mattered that Georgia played, they lost because those guys were hurt. If they were healthy, they'd be in the playoff right now. So, yes, absolutely. I, th- <laughs> no, I think the, portal losses killed them. If the committee had some sense, they'd be in the playoff right now. That's different. Georgia's clearly one of the four best teams. Uh, look, I will take. How about this? We're not going to know the answer to this question for many years, and I can't wait to find out. And to all you guys in the comments, we yes, I, we are all on the same team, rooting against me. <laughs> I agree. But I, I will, for the from now until the end of time in college football, where the talent levels are so imbalanced and you can recruit like this. By the way, with an, again, with NIL, you, you, you get to, like Georgia and Bama or pick a school who dominates in recruiting. They've been paying players for 100 years. Paying players is not a new thing. It's just above the table now. It's just legal. We just know what's going on like urban meyer collected talent at florida and then beat the shit out of people like that's how you win in college football so i will always i will always 
I guess I'll just stick with it. I think, mo- but ultimately, the most important thing is don't get worked up over like Dylan Raiola. Don't get worked up over Walter Nolan. Don't get worked up over one guy. Get get worked up over your team's rankings as a whole over a five year period, and you can include the portal in that because what matters is one to eighty five. To your point about depth, it's one to eighty five. It's not. It's no longer about you got the one great five star defensive lineman. That matters for like. That matters for like Kansas State and Wisconsin. That doesn't matter for teams in the SEC trying to win national championships. Yep. Which is <laughs> why right. Ole Miss right. is back, baby. All right. Amazon. Solve, I'm not sure what we saw there. Uh, of the 40 teams that have made, and this is just history here, so I'm not trying to push this forward to look ahead to anything, but of the 40 teams that have made the playoff, of the 40 teams that have made the playoff, only five recruited on average, outside of the top 15. So 35 out of 40 teams that made the playoff are averaging a top 15 class over five years, which means you are in the top 15 every year prior to building into that that team that goes to the playoff. The well, only- good news is that's half the SEC, brother. <laughs> that's, that's right. The only teams that have not, uh, I believe this year's Washington team, uh, I think was like 34th on average, Ironically, the Washington team from 2016, the Michigan State team from 2015, TCU last year, and we saw how that played out in the championship game. You might win one and pull an upset, but you ain't going to win two. And then Cincinnati. So how many of those teams were competitive in the playoff? And it's just, they're just not. Uh, Again, TCU pulled the one upset against Michigan. That's the only time it's happened that a team outside of the top 15 won a playoff game in 10 years. It is what it is. So mm-hmm. just want to point that out. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Georgia quarterbacks. I, I want to get to this because I don't think it – they lost Justin Fields. They went on to win two national championships. I, I don't think losing Raiola is something that you freak out about. Also, huge ties to Nebraska. Nebraska has a ton of money for their NIL collective. But Carson Beck staying is big news. That That is huge news for Georgia. And if you're looking at right now <laughs> – who, who are the favorites in the conference? Who are the favorites to win the Heisman? And who are the best two quarterbacks in this league? Carson Beck and Jalen Milrow? Am I, am I missing one? Mm, no, I think Quinn Ewers is better than Jalen Milrow, I think. Mm, okay. Beat him head-to-head last time I checked. No other players on the field, probably. Um, I mean, that was, he had a big time game. One of them did. One of them didn't. <laughs> Jalen Milrow finished sixth in the Heisman. Quinn Ewers, nowhere to be found. Yeah. Heisman's a joke. Who anyway. would you take so right now? Has to, been. Who uh, would you take right now to start your team? Jalen Milrow or Quinn Ewers? Where they're at right now. In their career. Not, not a week two of the season when Jalen Milrow had started one game. I'm well, saying right now to start we'll, your team. We'll next see year. which who goes higher in the NFL draft, Braden. That'll probably decide this debate. And I know the answer is going to be Quinn Ewers. So I, I yes, I agree. But that's so, not the argument. Just Quinn like Ewers, Heisman, yeah. just like the Heisman's not the argument either. But I mean, there's there's several other options. I think Brady Cook, you can make a case for if he I, continues good, to progress. That's a good one. Jackson Dart, if he continues to progress. <sighs> Another good one. Um. I mean, and there's there's a lot of promising guys. I think everybody has kind of, I don't want to say written off, but they've completely kind of omitted Connor Wigman from the conversation, which admittedly he got hurt, and we haven't seen a ton of him. But from what we have seen, I've been wildly impressed, and I think this this new offense will help him tremendously. We've got to throw him in there. 
And then there's there's tons of other guys that I think are. What about Graham Mertz? I can't believe I just said that, but what about Graham Mertz? Uh, no. I mean, he's he is solid. He is very, very solid. So I, I'm not going to talk bad about him ever again. I, I had him number 14 all year. He's <laughs> he's closer to he was closer to four than he was 14, I guess. But um, why am I but, drawing a blank on the kid that for Oklahoma they basically kicked Dylan Gabriel to the curb? Why am I drawing uh, Jack- Jackson Arnold? Arnold, that's right. Okay. He so. could be, but it's new offense, new, totally new offensive line. I think it's it's going to be difficult for him to be in that conversation right away. Uh, Jeff Levy, you know, again, I'm not thrilled with that hire or, any, or some of the moves he's made, but he's really, really developed quarterbacks. So Blake Shapin, maybe at, by the end of the season, maybe he's in that conversation. Shapin had a really, really great year two years ago or three mm-hmm. years ago at, at Baylor, and I thought, was he he kind of got Jerry Bohannon, who was the Baylor quarterback at the time, to to leave the team, and and ha- got him to transfer out, and then it never developed. So I'll I, I I've always really liked his skill set, but and and he was a better passer, and I think that's what the offense needed. But the Baylor got worse with him, um, the the second year. So mm-hmm. and then I think wild cards, Nico and Brock Vandegrift, guys is, is K, that, that we've not really seen K, KJ. I don't know where he's going to end up, but it doesn't sound yeah. like it's going to be in the SEC. Nate Johnson is looks like could be your starting quarterback to Utah transfer at, at Vanderbilt potentially. Um, uh, okay, so I've written. I did this. I'm doing some quick writing we have, here. We didn't even talk about Nussmeyer or uh, I got I got Thorn. Nussmeyer. I got Nussmeyer written down here. But Nuss, doesn't Nussmeyer fall into the category with Connor Wigman, uh, Jackson Arnold, Garrett Nussmeyer, Nico Iamaleava? Aren't those guys sort of in the like, man, they got tons of talent, lots of stars next to their names, good offenses, decent teams, have a chance to be really good, but we're not sure yet. Is yeah. that where we yeah, that's put fair. those guys? Mm-hmm. So that can't be the top tier, but that could be the second tier, and some of those guys could move up to the top tier. So the top tier uh, is clearly Beck, Milrow, Cook, Ewers, Dart, right? Those five. Is there anybody else that you would put on that top tier? Mm. Graham Mertz is not on that tier. Connor Wigman, Arnold, Nussmeyer, Vandegrift is probably your starter at Kentucky. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's a good five. And I would have Dart at the bottom of that list. I would probably go Beck Milrow. If I was doing, if we were putting the Athlon Sports Magazine together right now, today, if we had to, it would probably be Carson. We, we might have to. Steven is unavailable today. <laughs> You want to know why? Can we? Can we? I don't want to spoil. No, I don't. I don't, I don't want to say either. But you know why, and I know why. So we maybe we got to do the list for him. Um, I I th- I do think though, if I the next five, if well, I hang if on, the, hang on. It, let me it, let me fin- let me finish. I'm going to get to your five. But hang on. Uh-huh. I, I think Carson Beck would be your first team All SEC right now in the magazine. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Milrow would be two, and I think Quinn Ewers would be three. Mm-hmm. I think Brady Cook would be fourth team All SEC. Jackson Dart would be fifth team. If 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 any human does five teams, which is stupid. And then what? Then go to your next next group. Well, first you got viewers wrong. He should be number two. But that's, um, that's fine. I got no problem with that. That's fine. I, I was just saying that I don't know that I have an order, but I'm just saying if the next five or so, if that's my if if that's my quarterback, I'm feeling pretty good about him. Those if, top five? No, the next five. As Which, that that they could elevate to that level potentially, like a like a Wigman. I would throw him at the top of that conversation, probably. Um, Nico. Nico. Oh, I'd Jackson, throw him. Jackson Graham, Arnold. Graham Mertz. 
Mertz, yeah. No, I, I, that's what I've got. I, I, wrote him in col- I wrote him in columns, and I've got Mertz, Nico, Wigman, Arnold, Nussmeyer, and I think Vandergriff's got a chance to be pretty good. I don't, but, I, but I'll be happy to be proven wrong. I'd have him on the bottom of that list, for sure. I'd have him like 11th, you know? Mm-hmm. But who am I missing here? I've got 5, 11. I got Shapin Johnson. We're missing Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Arkansas. Is that what we're missing? AJ yeah, Swan no- was supposed to be the starting quarterback at, at, at South Carolina, but they like their freshman, right? He's the next Cam Newton, according to the fan base. So <laughs> and we got to throw him in there, too. Look, Lador- there's a couple Lador- guys. Sellers. And speaking of the portal, like KJ Jefferson is still in the portal. We know that. Cam Ward is still in the portal out of Washington State looking for an NIL deal. Malik Murphy is Cam Newton at Texas. He is going to, he's into the portal. He absolutely, if I'm, if I'm Shane Beamer or if I'm some of these guys, I'm going hard after Malik Murphy. You've got Malachi Nelson out of South, Southern Cal who's into the portal. DJ Uyunglele, who actually is more like a Tim Tebow type, actually, just pounds the football with like a 250 pound frame. Like all these guys, there are still some really good quarterbacks in the portal. So if I'm Shane Beamer, if I'm Sam Pittman, if I'm Jeff Levy, I'm going after some of these guys pretty hard. Uh, I don't know. Here's the other thing: we have not have we mentioned an Auburn quarterback? <laughs> no. I, mean, I think I said all these Thorne, guys... throw him in there, but oh, that's true. He he got better at this as the season ends, but that would be like disregarding the other eighty percent of the season. Here's what's crazy. If I'm Hugh Freeze, and you know Auburn's boosters are aligned for this, if I look at the portal to grab a quarterback, Cam Ward, Malik Murphy, DJU, and KJ Jefferson all run my offense perfectly. They have the skill set to run the Hugh Freeze offense. I don't know why he would not be going after one of these big names. And maybe maybe he is. I'm assuming he – I mean, he went after every single human being that could throw a quarterback last <laughs> year in the portal. So – so I'm assuming he's going after them again. I don't know why he wouldn't, because they had the worst passing offense I've ever seen in the SEC, possibly last year. So right. Well, I, and again, I don't have any inside information on this, but I would say that the early reports of where KJ is looking, I've been told those are inaccurate. So take that for what it's worth. I, I guess I do have information on that. But my my point is what I don't have info on, and this is just an assumption, but it's an educated one. He got paid pretty well at Arkansas. He didn't live up to the hype this year, and I don't know that that's all on him. A lot of the fans are just throwing it all on him. It's not on him. I don't think it's much on him at all. But uh, you know, the fact that it took so long to get in the portal and all that. Let's not be naive, Braden, and I know you're not. But uh, you know, a lot of this is well, what what can I get, and what's someone willing to pay me? And he's, and now this this is an assumption. I got no knowledge, but I would imagine he's going around saying, "Well, this is what I made last year. Can you give me this or better?" And everybody's like, "Well, hell, hell no! Did you just see what you did?" And I I think that's why it took so long to get into the portal. Don't I think that makes sense? I think I think that sounds right. But like, and Bobby G says KJ is not as good as the hype. I mean, right now there's not a lot of hype. So, but don't you think coaches know better? Don't you think coaches put on the film? Coaches do the background checks. Coaches have players talking to players. And, like, coaches know personality. They know leadership. They know which system fits better. I I think they know that the offensive line for Arkansas was atrocious, that the coordinator was fired, that the receivers were all portal players, by the way, an example of how you cannot fix a position group with portal. And now Rocket Sanders, by the way, some actual good news for South Carolina. Sanders is going to be at South Carolina for now. I. I think people don't you think coaches know that stuff? Like they know the context of of, of what happened with a with a player, don't you think? 
Well, it's not necessarily the context that may may be the issue. And again, I don't I don't want to put anything on KJ because I don't know that this occurred. But you hear things about how people react. You know, their whole life they don't have money, and then they get all this money thrown at them. How does how does that change? He wouldn't be the first, right? So again, I and I'm not calling him out, but I, but I would hear that too if I was Hugh Freeze, and I then did. I would say, well, you know, you got X amount and and. Was maybe the commitment? I don't know, but you know, I think that has to factor in. And and that's why I'm saying he's probably saying, "Well, this is what I got paid last year." And they're like, "Well, well we I mean, ain't going to give you that." You know, I mean, isn't isn't every? I mean, I would first of all, I don't hold it against a single individual in any line of work to be like, "No, this is what I'm worth. I'm holding out for what I think I'm worth." You may be right. right. You may be right. You may be wrong. But I, I don't have any problem with anybody in any industry. You are worth. Well, it's not a problem, but that's how right. you get to KJ's entering the portal report. And then immediately after, I haven't made a decision. And then several weeks later, after your team already got a quarterback, you go to the portal. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's clearly something going on behind the scenes. Well, and I talked to uh, – last summer I talked to him about like – he's a huge fashion guy. Big into fashion, uh, KJ Jefferson is. And like, he, you know, uh, like, look, I, I have my uh, guilty pleasures and, you know, I like nice Jordans. <laughs> I like I you know I I like good bourbon and a nice pair of Nikes. Uh, he he likes his Jordans. I talked to Traylon Burks at practice for Titans, and I said, "What's the deal with KJ's fashion thing? Is that like his thing?" Because you know Traylon Burks is like, "I'm going to go hog hunting with him, my bare hands and a knife." You know, he's a different kind of cat. <laughs> and and KJ's like, "No no no no, I don't want any of that." So he does he does he does like his fashion. Uh, I don't know if that that comes from having a little extra cash or or I don't know, but. I know but that I couldn't. I know that it, I couldn't afford retro Jays when I was in college. That's for sure. Everything I just said, Braden, applies to Cam Newton, and I'm not saying he's Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton's once in a generation, but he was mocked. You know, there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes, obviously, with him. That's why well, I'm saying that that would also make sense. Go to Auburn, let Cam take you under his wing. Remember when he went to the NFL? People, I I don't know about you, Braden, but a lot of people I talked to. You know, they thought there was a damn joke. Like he, what Cam? Th- that guy at Auburn in the NFL, and then they made him immediate starter. Like this gonna be a train wreck. Well, and didn't. I believe his first game, he threw for like 450 yards. And he I took, know he got took the NFL by storm. You know what I mean? Like I know he, he got to the Super Bowl, but it didn't end pretty for for Cam in the NFL. Um, well, I get it, but a lot of people didn't think he would ever sure, sure. be an NFL starter. You know what I, I mean? Also, KJ Jefferson wasn't kicked off a team for stealing. Like let's be let, let's. Let's be clear about right, that. Right, but I'm talking uh, more about the money things and people like, well, the hell, we don't want. And I, I got a funny story real quick, and I won't say who told me this, but this is a hundred percent fact that Urban Meyer said, Cam Newton, that's the worst guy I've ever run to, run into. And the person that told me that said, by God, if he, he imagine Urban Meyer, the scum of all scum, saying someone else is a bad guy. The guy who coached Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> But that's just more about Urban Meyer. My, that was my favorite. Point. I'm not trying to trash. No, I know, I know, Cam, I know. Cam Newton. No, no. My favorite. My favorite one. I don't know why this stands out to me about all the Urban Meyer douchebags. Uh, but the the one that stands out. My favorite one is the the text "Time to Die" from Chris Rainey. <laughs> I don't know why that's my favorite one, where he gets into it, like, and then he's put on the Netflix documentary. Like it wasn't even mentioned. Like oh. he texted a woman, "Time to die." They left that's a lot out in that show. Thing. That's a, it wasn't a documentary. It was it was YouTube content. Um, yes, uh, Bo Newton is, was Michael Bishop 2.0. Cam Newton was Camp Newton 1.0. Like, I love Michael Bishop. I loved watching Michael. He played at Kansas State. He was a great player, great quarterback, extremely electric. 
Um, great, great, truly great player, but nobody has ever really been Cam Newton. So, um, <laughs> Christopher, why is Cam Newton trying to look like Whitney Houston? <laughs> He's into fashion too, man. I'm, t- I'm telling you, there's many yeah, parallels. That's true. That's, uh, there you go. That's true. Two, two That's great true. players. Yeah, but Cam did it after at least going to a Super Bowl. So Th- throw on, that. throw on the film, Arkansas, Florida. I re- Florida's not a great defense, but my God. Oh, he the KJ Cam comparisons have been that, around. Took for that a while. thing over, you know. Yeah, the comparisons have been there for a while. It, when if Auburn that gets that KJ, they're they're going to be a hell of a team next year. Um. They'll all right, make the I, playoff, the twelve team playoff. <laughs> Even though Braden says it will have no will. shot in hell to winning anything, they'll get to the playoff with KJ if that KJ shows up. Uh, here's the thing about fashion, uh, coming from a middle aged white dad <laughs> who's wearing no, a nobody understands. Nobody understands. Yeah, I'm a golfer. Uh, obviously, you're not a golfer. Um, no, I f- fashion doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because that's the whole point. They're pushing it. Everybody who wear like I have a sister-in-law, God bless her. I have a sister-in-law that dresses in a certain way that is considered extremely fashionable in her circles. It makes no sense to me and 95% of the human beings that watch her, that look at her. But but like it doesn't matter. They're not dressing for me or for anyone else. People in that fashion world, they're dressing for like they want Russell Westbrook's approval, you know? It's like, oh, what does Russell Westbrook think about this shirt? That's what I'm gonna wear. The NBA is out of control with the fashion stuff, but that's always been tied to to basketball. So, um, <laughs> at least I'm housebroken. I'm not sure what that means, Bo, but I appreciate it. Um, all right, what was I going to ask you? <laughs> I don't know. You went on a tangent of fashion. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You you brought up the parallel because they both like clothes. They're apparently the same player, and I guess KJ Jefferson's going to win a Heisman Trophy and a national championship next year at Auburn. At Auburn, he he could with the right pieces around him. I think KJ Jefferson will be significantly better than he was last year. And I think coaches know that he's better. Uh, did Walter Nolan commit to anyone? Now, look, here's the deal. Um, oh, God. Thank you, Bo. That's a terrible mistake by me. You picked up on my big Lebowski reference, and then I didn't get back to you on that one. Uh, all these players are just committed, right? Like until they show up on campus, until they actually get into a classroom, right. none of these, none of these portal commitments are are permanent. This is this is again. Don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. I want to see. I want to see the baby on campus. And when that happens, that's when you can start talking about rosters and depth charts and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And uh, also, there right now though, it's it's very confusing. But there, it's what's considered a quiet period. So these, not even the uh, transfer guys, can visit. And as I understand it, Walter Nolan was at Ole Miss up until that periods began the quiet period he was they wanted him to go visit alabama alabama desperately wanted him to visit tuscaloosa but the it was it's the quiet period so he can't now so i don't know if that's holding up anything but was his second choice tennessee wasn't his second choice tennessee back in in the original recruiting period i believe so um uh, overton to bama yeah that's another one right isn't that the uh Kid mm-hmm. from AM. That's another big one right there. Yep. So yeah, uh, just I'm so concerned about the depth for the teams that recruit the best players like Alabama. No and Mizzou. Not a thing that's real. Um that'd be cool. Uh, let me let me can I can I uh let me <laughs> speaking of Arkansas running backs, um back when recruiting like kind of like the day itself mattered, National Signing Day matters, and there was like there was actual some some actual silliness. Remember Isaiah Crowell, five star running back, went to Georgia, pulled out a puppy. At his was that before experiment? he pulled out the uh, machine gun or whatever he had? 
I, I don't I don't believe the machine gun was at the announcement ceremony. No, I think it was no. a, a bulldog puppy. I believe. Yeah, but it, later, it later though, right? Sure, sure. Because he got booted. Well, we are a we, we are a, we are a country that loves guns, so I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. Um, guns are fun, uh, also super dangerous, but fun. Uh, here, he, my favorite one of all time. I don't know, like there's there's two of them really that are the, my favorite stories of all time. That when we were at Rivals, like. Uh, and I'm going to give you, can I give you my Hugh Free story from Rivals too? I got some, yeah, recruiting. I got great. some recruiting, I got some recruiting stuff for you guys. So number one, Alex Collins. Do you remember Alex Collins? Five-star running back from South Florida went to Arkansas. Yep. He, and he made his commitment to old Bert uh, to go to, to go to Arkansas. And then his mother took the letter of intent and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> Just drove up I-95 outside of, outside of Florida. And like, nobody could find her for like days <laughs> and then they think she came back and she eventually signed it but that's one of my, that's one of my personal favorites is that like you had to get your 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 guardian to sign the letter of intent with you to go to the school and alex she, she did she did not she did not want alex collins to go to arkansas right. the other and, one is that, and he was from florida right so florida yeah, florida. florida state and miami, miami i think they were all after him yeah yeah um, my, my other favorite one, and this is a much lesser known player that like, probably I don't think has gone on to do anything. In fact, we could check some of you guys in the comments could check this, but his name was Floyd Raven. Good name, by the way, defensive back recruit. I think like a middle of the pack, like four star, I think it was Texas A&M and Ole Miss, maybe Texas A&M, Mississippi state. One of the two where he signed the letter of intent and sent it in and his mother forged his signature. <laughs> on another letter of intent and sent it into somebody else. Wow. Why would she do that? She, that's where she wanted him to go. That's where she wanted him to go. Gotcha. Okay. And I think it was, I think it's, he signed with like Mississippi state or Ole Miss. And like, she sent in the letter of intent to Texas A&M, or maybe it was vice versa. I can't remember. That's one of my favorite ones. Uh, those are my two favorite ones from, um, from the sec. There's one that a kid made up all of his uh, offers in California. He I remember a, that. Yeah. He was an offensive lineman and he had the ceremony at his high school with like Cal, Oregon, and Stanford hats. <laughs> <laughs> he put on the Cal hat. And when uh, I think it was Jeff Tedford at the time, who's the coach now at, at Fresno State, back again at Fresno State, when he was asked about it at the press conference, <laughs> he's like, Hey, so what do you think about this so and so kid? He's not in any of the rankings. He, he was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I mean, there's always oh God, signing so day funny. shenanigans, and it seems like far too often they involve Tennessee. Whether it's uh, who was it, Tate Ratlitch's dad pulling off the sticker? That's a famous one. There was uh, the guy that got drafted by the Packers. He's the one that threw the. He was like one of the first ones to throw the hat. He threw a damn Tennessee hat and then put on oh, the Georgia yeah. hat. Yeah, um, and then he became known as the hat guy. Who he hated it, but it was like. Was it Andre Smith who put on the houndstooth hat, the big five-star offensive lineman that went to Bama, I believe? That kind of stuff is normal. I don't care about that stuff. Mm. But pulling out a puppy, I remember that. Yeah. Your mother your mother running away with your letter of intent, I remember that. Uh, John KY Blue says Floyd Raven was a senior in 2014 for Texas A&M playing safety. That's right. So he would have signed his letter to A&M, and his mother had signed the letter for him to go to either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. I can't remember. It's still one of my favorite stories of, of, of all time. Uh, so here's my Hugh Freeze uh, recruiting story. 
he was uh i was working at rivals at the time this was like 2006 or seven and uh yes quay walker was the uga green bay player don't don't as a green bay as a Green Bay Packers fan, I don't I don't want to hear about Quay Walker's mistake last year at the end of the season against the Lions. Um, his mom signed the Ole Miss letter. There you go, Bo. Thank you. You guys are great, man. You guys are killing it today. Um, Cade Mays, I don't give a damn about the whole state of Tennessee. Now he's like the most important player on the team. Well, that's Cooper Mays. But oh, it's Cooper. Sorry. Yeah. Cade's story is great because his dad like chopped off his finger or something, and then they sued Georgia to get out of it so he can go back to Tennessee. He was like... What drama? What drama love, from the maze that's, there? That's a great story. A young man lost a digit. <laughs> no, it was the father that lost it. His father cut off his finger? Holy shit. During a visit at Georgia, and then like three years oh, later, right. he decided to, you know, he, right. he transferred to Tennessee. They were trying to hold it up. He said, well, guess what? I'm suing you for that damn chair slicing my finger off or something. Christopher Black, I remember this one a lot, too. Roquan Smith found out that UCLA was lying to him about the coach leaving. So he announced, I think he announced pretty early on National Signing Day that he was going to go to UCLA. On on ESPN, I think. Yeah, major recruit, major huge win for UCLA at the time. And then later that day, people were like, wait a second, the the letter has not shown up yet. And it's because the linebackers coach, I believe, the very next day took another job and left. And he was like, Peace out. I'm going to Georgia. Turns out Roquan Smith's one of the great linebackers on on the face of the earth right now. So that was pretty good. Um, I hate it for you, Bruins. <laughs> so I was um, – and going back to, like, the, the recruiting team rankings point about the SEC versus the Big Ten, the Big Ten is going to make more money than the SEC, and Oregon, Washington, and UCLA, and USC add a lot of value to the Big Ten in terms of on-field production because they just don't have a lot of teams that compete for championships. But if you look at these recruiting rankings – and you look at, and again, I'm just using recruiting rankings as an example here. I'm not like, we all know the SEC has more players in the NFL draft, wins all the championships, et cetera, et cetera. I don't need to argue this. But, and yes, um, uh, uh, what is that? Travelpreneur sports podcast? Landon Collins' mom. I don't think she walked off the set, but that was at the Under Armour All-American game, I think. Yeah. And he picked he picked uh, Alabama's he picked hat. Bama. They're from Louisiana. She, and she was pissed off. Like, would not do the interview with like the person on stage doing the interview. That one was a really good one. Um, but if, I, if you look at the top rankings, like Tennessee has a top 15 recruiting class this year at, as a, at time of taping. Top 15, one, two, three, four, five, six. They're seventh in the SEC. That would put them like fourth in the Big Ten. Like South Carolina, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Kentucky, all top 25 classes, not even top 10 SEC classes. It's only going to get greater the gap between – the big 10 depth and the sec depth, they can have all the money they want and all the NIL stuff, but there are no players up there in that area. So I just, I was looking at the, the rankings this morning going, man, they're not going to make up the gap in the portal. Michigan state's not going to all of a sudden have, you know, a bunch of four and five star players. So, um, all right, my Hugh freeze thing. So this is not really that crazy of a story, but it just, it's the most Hugh freeze thing ever. Uh, he was the assistant coach, offensive coordinator for coach O at the time. And Coach O, if you've read Meat Market from Bruce Feldman, you know Coach O is obsessed with the recruiting rankings. As a coach, he was obsessed with the stars and getting the star and Red Bull and beef jerky and the whole deal. So Coach O comes into our studio, comes into Rivals' offices. He just shows up in in, in like the summertime. And he's wearing a, a black leather jacket that's got like Ole Miss embroidered, you know, on the on the on the chest plate. He walks in. Right behind him is this guy no one's ever heard of. <laughs> 
Hugh Freeze wearing an identical matching black leather jacket <laughs> with Ole Miss embroidered on the side. I don't think Hugh Freeze... Coach O was there for probably two hours. We got him to do some radio stuff for us, like do some readers and some liners. And, you know, you know, the way that, you know, Mike Leach uh, finishes your, your show, that, that kind of stuff, right? Like we had Coach O read some stuff for us and he's like, you're listening to Rivals Radio on Cyrus, one, two, three, yo, 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 like that kind of stuff. And Hugh Freeze for two hours did not say a word to a single human being. He followed Coach O around the entire office. Coach O talked to everybody. Coach O was talking about rankings and players and recruiting and wanted to come into our film room and how we cut film. And he wanted to know about the entire process. And Hugh Freeze in his matching leather jacket, walking around, not saying a single word to a single human being. It was one of the weird, like he was standing there with me in the production studio while Coach O was doing the reading. And I was just like, what, what do I say to this guy? <laughs> and he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk. I don't know. I don't remember saying a single word. It's not. Like I said, it's not a great story or anything, but the two matching leather jackets <laughs> going into a recruiting service. Well, I mean, you know how he got that job, right? I mean, that's pretty well known. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had that deal with Ful Fulmer first. I, th I think that's <laughs> maybe that was part of it. I mean, he wo he wanted to be a Tennessee assistant. Fulmer wouldn't give him the matching jacket. That maybe that was it. He wanted to make, wanted to make sure they always looked alike. It wouldn't take him to Rivals Radio, you know? <laughs> Oh my God, we were we were such jack wagons back then. We're only mildly better today. Uh, how how long ago was that? Now this was two thousand six, two thousand seven. Wow! And we could not get Coach O to read the script right. I had to write it in like twenty two <laughs> point font on a piece of paper, and I printed it out and put it in front of him, and it was like you're listening to Sirius Rivals Radio on Sirius one twenty, like one twenty three was the name of the channel, and I, we put it. I put the piece of paper in like double space 22 point font put it in front of him and he could not get it right so we ran a promo for years <laughs> we ran the promo him saying rivals radio on cyrus one two three now was this is this nashville or memphis where is nashville this he, came, nashville. he came into nashville huh yeah yeah this was in maryland farms down there in brentwood tennessee oh wow he just showed up matching leather jackets i'll never forget that only coach uh, the only other coach, oh, here's an SEC tie. The only coach that would book himself on those shows that would call us and say, hey, I want to come on Sunday, Brian Kelly. Really? He was at Cincinnati, and he would call me and and my co-host at the time, Chris Childers, shout out, and he would say, you got time this morning? And it was after Cincinnati would win, and he would call us the next morning, and he'd come on every Sunday morning and talk Cincinnati Bearcats football. And I don't – now he's, he's now, he's, now he's in the now he's in the SEC at L at LSU. <laughs> well, it, you know, first of all, that that is the tamest Hugh Freeze story I've ever yeah, sorry. Sorry. heard. But, but it, it is interesting. But let me this is completely kind of off topic. But you mentioned Brian Kelly, and I'm I'm sitting here trying to I don't know if concerned is the right word, but what do you make of um, of where LSU is under Brian Kelly? And I'm not saying, you know, he's awful or anything because he's won the division title year one, but I don't know why any LSU fan would sit here and say, well, the, our defense is going to do a 180 next season. I mean, they, yeah. they, they could. They, they've got talent. Hell, they got talent this year, and they were just pathetic. You're losing the Heisman Trophy winner, obviously. You're more than likely, I think, it'll lose, you know, your top two receivers. Top two defensive players. 
I don't know. What what do you make of, uh, again, I'm not hitting the panic button because LSU, they're always going to be loaded. But it's, they they mismanaged. I think they're, if they would attack the portal like Ole Miss, they, they'd be a title contender. Like like something is not working there. They Basically, everybody they brought in the portal that I can think of, aside from maybe the running back from Notre Dame, they, they were all kind of bust this year. Well, the, the Heisman Trophy winner came into the portal. <laughs> I'm saying this off this cycle, you know. Um, I'm just pointing out. That's why portal. I said the running back. He's he's. I mean, basically the only one that I. I mean, the linebacker from Oregon State was virtually. This is why this, you're making my point for the me. Defensive you cannot backs. win a championship with the portal. It doesn't work. Why? I mean, if they if they had nailed these, but that that's neither here nor there. My real question to you is. Are they going to be all right down there? Are they? Yeah, because yeah. the goal is to win it all, and it's no, getting I, more difficult. I think with Texas and Oklahoma, and I don't know. Based on what we saw, this was a step back. Let's call it what it was. In my, it was a big step I, back. I, I disagree. Uh, they had a better record, and they won the Heisman Trophy. They happened to win the division because of who they beat and how they beat them. They beat Alabama on a two-point conversion mm-hmm. on the last play of the game, but they lost. They got their ass kicked by Tennessee that year. They lost four games. They were nine and four. So they had a better record and won the Heisman Trophy. I think it's on par for where they're supposed to be this year. Their roster was not ready to compete for the national championship. I mean, they and have for, one good win that I'm looking for, at here. And for some of the people on this show that thought they were prepared to compete for the national championship, that was never the case. They did. They were not. I think I said to you in the summer, they're not mature enough depth-wise to win a championship. Now, what's interesting about LSU is if they finish behind Texas and Oklahoma and Florida and Auburn in recruiting, as well as Bama and Georgia, if they are finishing seventh in the SEC in recruiting, that would be my concern every single year. A top 12 class is great, but again, you're not going to, you cannot overcome top 10 recruiting classes with the portal. You can't do it. And LSU right now, 18, four and five star players, top 12 class, but. They are behind Auburn, behind Florida, behind Oklahoma, behind Texas, behind Bama, behind Georgia. If they are consistently finishing that far down the SEC rankings, then Brian Kelly is going to have a talent problem again. Now, they can still make the playoff a bunch. I No question about that. But if they hit on their – they have to hit on a quarterback. So if they know. had a top 40 defense, you don't think they would have they would have been elite this year? I think they would have been. I mean, I think they're a pretty damn good football team this year. I just think their defense was was terrible. But I don't, I, I don't know. They're not beating Alabama and Georgia. I mean, I, I guess they were close enough to Alabama that if they had just a little bit of defense, maybe that game is a different. They would have beat Ole Miss. I think they would have beat Bama if they they, they would have beaten. I, I agree they with have you no on Ole defense. Miss. They would have beaten Ole Miss. I agree with you. I would. I agree with you on that because we saw what happens when Ole Miss played their two best defenses. They got they got shut down. Mm-hmm. So I I agree with you on that. So I. Doesn't that, isn't that argument then that they're pretty close and that there's no reason for panic? You know, because I think without these weapons, I, I'm wondering what in the hell they are. I mean, I'm, I'm I think not, Garrett, again, not panicking, but I'm just saying. I don't I know. Think Garrett Nuss, I think Garrett Nussmeyer, now that he's the guy, and Jaden Daniels not playing in the bowl game, which means Garrett Nussmeyer gets every rep with the ones mm-hmm. for three straight weeks before the bowl game. Like he he know. I think a quarterback. It's so undervalued a quarterback taking over as the true number one and, and being like, Hey, I'm the starter. Now I'm in the meetings as the number one. I'm at practice as the number one. I'm taking reps as the number one. I'm leading in the, in the weight room. 
Like, I think there's a difference between a quarterback who's in that situation versus a quarterback who's sort of like in and out of the lineup. Mm. And, and I think it's just, I think Nussmeier is going to be fine. I don't think he's a Heisman Trophy winner, but I think he's going to be pretty good. But I, it goes without saying, you know, there's going to be a drop off losing the Heisman winner, but you can make the case. Jane Daniels, obviously quarterback one, but you can make the case he was the best running back. In the SEC, too. That, that might be the bigger concern for LSU. They've not yet figured out how to run the football without him. Right. I mean, he he led the freaking country in yards per carry. I mean, it's, I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen that from a quarterback. That was very effective as a passer as well. I think what's interesting is you look at those elite LSU teams, like you know, whether it's 03, right? Was it Justin Vincent as a freshman or was that 07? Uh, I can't remember. No, it was... Um, Oh shit! Why am I drawing a blank on the the running back in 03 when they won the national title with Saban? Um, Jacob Hester, Jacob Hester, and in, in in 03, he had Justin Vincent as a true freshman in 07. All those great running backs for LSU over the years, 2011. Uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette. Like they've had elite running backs, and and an elite running game has been baked into their success for like a decade and a half, two decades. That when do they get back to that? Now that being said. If you look at their schedule to start, you got, what, USC on Labor Day night, on Sunday night. That's going to be fun. That's in Vegas. That's a winnable game, even with all the pieces you're missing. Caleb Williams is gone. USC's got major problems on defense. Good matchup for LSU. Nickel State at South Carolina, UCLA, South Alabama. You could easily start 5-0 and next year. Who are we talking about again? LSU? LSU. You could easily start 5-0. and then you get the off week. Then you go Ole Miss, Arkansas. You could, those are games that are winnable if things start to fall right. Then you're at AM, Bama, at Florida, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma. So it's it finishes real hard with AM, yeah, Bama, Florida, hard. Oklahoma. But I wouldn't be surprised if LSU kind of builds on an early. I mean, it's weird playing both USC and UCLA. <laughs> but, but UCLA is playing in Tiger Stadium. They're not going to beat them there. Hmm. I, I'll share a, a real quick a story that I, I heard just the other day. It was fascinating. You got me thinking about it because you talked about Saban and Jacob Hester at LSU. Going into that national championship, uh, I guess it would have been Saban's second at Bama with, uh, with, the, with the rematch. Was that the second one? Alabama-LSU? What, what? When they played again? 2011. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, my buddy T-Bob told me the other day, he said Saban found out that the quarterback, what was his name, Jarrett Lee, I think, that he was... J Justin Jefferson? Or Jordan Jordan Jefferson. Well, there was that one, and then there was the other one that they played all year. It was Lee. I think Jarrett yeah, Lee Jarrett, was his Jarrett name. Lee, yeah, yeah. Saban found out Jarrett Lee was academically ineligible before... The LSU coaches. <laughs> like, how fucking crazy is that? That the, the rival coach over here that used to be there, I'm sure he's still got connections, obviously, in that office. Found Jimmy out Sexton. found out who the, you know, that there that because that was a big thing with LSU that year. Because one of them was more of a passer, one of them was yep, more of the run. Yep. So he knew, he knew there was no going to Lee uh going I'm, into that national championship game. I'm not sure it would have mattered. <laughs> Well, it's just I, a competitive advantage mattered. for a national championship. You want any oh, edge you sure. get, you know? Sure, no question about it. Uh, Carl's right here. Blue chip ratio is more important uh, than that than the rankings. Somewhat false by quantity. 
of recruits. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at is is ultimately your team rankings based on your your blue chip ratio and a team that has because Florida right now only has 19 recruits, but they're in the top 10. So they could actually build on that class and get and get bigger. But like teams that have 23, 24, 25 blue chip players and teams that have six, seven and eight, that those are not competitive football teams over time. They're they're just they're just not, and so I'm with I'm with Carl on this one. So mm. um, I think it's time to dump the blue chip bullshit because TCU got there, Washington's there. I mean, it, the evidence is clear. I mean, things are changing. Oh, the evidence is clear. Was it sixty three to seven? Evidence is clear that you could get there, that you could compete at a high level. This is a new era. The what the model that says the last twenty years, yada yada yada. That's that's worthless. I, to me. I don't dis, I don't disagree, but it's not worthless. It's worthless because it doesn't matter. Here's get a the new thing. model. Here, here's <laughs> and here's I'm, the, is Michigan blue? I mean, I don't know, but are they blue chip? I don't know, but Michigan's above the blue chip. But Michigan does not have Michigan's not top ten. That's what makes them different, right? Uh, See, and I can actually tell you, I can actually tell cheat, you right now, they cheat as well. Michigan, so Michigan, that's their third year in the playoff mm-hmm. in 2021. They had the 11th best recruiting class in the country. So their average recruiting ranking was 11th in the five years leading up to that season. That's that year. They got beat by Georgia as a three seed last mm-hmm. year, last year they were 13th in the country in blue chip ratio. So they actually weren't technically as talented in terms of recruiting in 2022 this year. They are 11th. They're back up to where they are. No team has made it to the national championship game other than one Clemson, in 2016, they were ranked 12th. No team outside of the top 10 has even played for the like has won the national championship. So, wait, you said play. Now you're saying yeah, won. yeah. I'm, I'm saying one. I, I, sorry, you're right. Has won the national championship outside of the top 10 in recruiting, other than Clemson in 2016, and that was the Deshaun Watson team that had played in the national championship game the year before, mm-hmm. learned how to play Alabama, came back and wasn't scared, and still needed to uh, a touchdown throw to Hunter Renfro on the last play of the game to win. So you have yeah, to be there's in the only top like five 10. teams that have won it. Well, five programs the last 20 years. I mean, we can't just that's not true. We could just blanket and say, if you won't go to one of these five, you ain't got a shot. You know what I mean? It's more than five. Is it? There's, maybe there's at least maybe, five in the SEC. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Those are the teams I know. And then <laughs> sprinkle in a Pete Carroll who's cheating, I'm sure. Sprinkle they're in all a cheat. They're all cheat. They're all cheating. Stop. We don't cheat they're in the SEC. Cheating. I'll tell you that. Clemson, right now. Clemson won two. Texas won it in 05. USC won twice. Ohio State won it in 02, 2014 as well. I'm talking uh, the last 10 years. Well, you said 20. So which one is it? I don't whatever proves me right <laughs> is the answer. Oh, I got it. <laughs> it's all right. I was I did I did misspeak. I say no teams ever got TCU had the worst recruiting class. Yeah. In, the, in the history of college football to be in the national championship game. And Washington could be there next. I don't think uh, they will be, but they could be. They're actually, Washington this year, I think is 34th, uh, their average recruiting class. TCU last year, you want to know what it was? 34th. Interesting. Who's 34 next year? That'll be the <laughs> team I'm putting the money on. You know what? Uh, I'll, you know what I'll take? I'll take the team that has the fifth most blue chip and recruited oh, okay. ratio. That's the Texas Longhorns. Mm. I will take Texas over Washington still, and I'll take Abilama over Michigan still. Still number the head, one, by I the would, way. I town. would argue the head coaching matchup significantly favors Washington for what that's worth. I disagree. Why, why you think why, – why are you anti 
what's, what's wrong with you? You can't dr- roll the grenade in there. Steve Sarkeesian's one of the best offensive minds in college football. Not head coach, though, according but, to the uh, coaching metrics. Yeah. All, all he did was build Washington up to a winner, go to USC, get kicked Failed out. Failed there. Drinking. They got, well, but Washington got reason. better immediately as soon as he left. Washington got better immediately. What's he? But what's he accomplished to Texas? Coach you know? O. What's he? What, Coach O was a massive upgrade over. What, what's he? He was an Southern alcoholic. Cal. He had an addiction problem. Stop. And now he's in a league right now where yeah, there's what, only what, one game. What has he done at Texas? With comparable talent. Yeah, but what has he done though? Like since getting to Texas, what has he done? Like what has he really accomplished? I mean, nothing so far. Well, they won the Big Twelve. I'll give him that. But again, he lost to the one team that he that. Recruits to his level in that league this year. Minus Alabama. <laughs> no, that's not in his league. So he that was a that was a plus for him. And then losing Oklahoma was a minus. So he had he has a zero coaching grade for this year. I mean, you said it yourself. They have a top zero five roster. Coaching. And they're twelve and one Big Twelve champs in the playoff favor to make it to the national championship game. To I'm your really point, not. The if he talent, plays in the national is, championship game, there's not anything else for him to accomplish. This is where he's supposed to be with that roster. And it's the first time that they've done it. Yes, exactly. It took him less than three years to get here. That's it. Mm. <laughs> what has he done? He's well, done all the things you're I supposed mean, drop to do. LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Oh my God. Drop all those in that in that league, they would they would do the same damn thing. The argument is not, is the SEC better than the Big 12? No one is arguing that. The argument is all he has done at Texas is clean up the background noise and instantaneously get them into the national championship picture the way so many coaches before him could not do. So he is a brilliant offensive mind. He was the head coach in waiting behind closed doors at Alabama and was going to be the head coach at Alabama. That was They were trying to keep him there to be the head coach to in waiting for Alabama. That is on the record. That is, not a, like that is not a story. Is at the end if they already got coach in waiting. Well, they were saying. trying to they were trying to keep him from leaving to go to Texas. That's why they were try, they wanted to keep him there. And it's why Kiffin got was why Kiffin left. So not only will Dick Saban not take the Texas job, <laughs> he's trying to get them from hiring a coach off his staff. Yep. How greedy. What what a how else? How else should a like a fourteen-time champion act? Or does he only have seven? How many does Alabama count these days? Is it eighteen? All, is it nineteen? Probably. <laughs> all right, we got to. This is this is over. Um, all right, have a great holiday, everybody. Please give us a subscription, review over there, rate, review, subscribe on the podcast app, everywhere you get your podcasts. SEC Football Live, and then make sure you go over to the Four Forty Sports YouTube page. That's Four Four Zero Sports. Give us a, a subscribe there. Would really really appreciate it. We got lots of content coming for you. Uh, preview of the of the college football playoff games coming up next week of course we've got a lot of stuff to do so i'm going to try to get convince mike to come hang out with you guys next week live but we'll see uh that is still tbd like like all those sec schedules at the beginning of the week last week so uh, otherwise thank you guys for hanging out thank you guys for contributing those are some really fun uh memory lane recruiting stories you guys threw out into the comments there so I, i really really appreciate that that was a lot of fun even though i have no desire to ever work in recruiting ever again uh, it was a good first two years of my career and Godspeed. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy <laughs> holidays. Happy Hanukkah. The festivus for the rest of us. Have a great one for Michael Bratt and I'm Braden Golf. Thanks for living. Thanks for living. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.